I had an interesting uh, morning. We get here, we're setting up, and so I see a trash can that's flipped over, one of those silver trash cans. So I'm like, okay, I need to go flip this over, get ready for the, the morning, and I walk up, and what I don't realize is the, the bottom of the trash can has a lip about that high, and it had just been sitting there through the weekend as it rained. And so I go up, do the kind of cool guy, like I'm just like, I kind of grab it like, you know, I'm actually thinking I'm kind of cool when I'm flipping this trash can. And as I do that, like the whole thing is filled with this much water. And seriously, every drop of that thing just went on me from head all over me. It was like a second baptism. And I thought, you know, that's the perfect reminder to tell you to get baptized next week. It's like I'm a prophetic here this morning. And so uh, if you haven't been baptized since you've given your life to Jesus, I want to encourage you to do it. And, and what I find is many people are like, man, I've, I've been a Christian my whole life, but I was only sprinkled as a baby or my parents dedicated me, but I haven't followed the Lord in believer's baptism. We have this thing that we call the five D's, which is our growth pathway of transformation. And it's one of the important steps of following Jesus to become a, a mature, life-giving Christian. So I want to encourage you next week. And, and it was really cool. Was, I was sent this picture yesterday from our college group. They're down in Tijuana sharing the gospel, but numerous ones of them that have given their life to Jesus got baptized in the ocean yesterday. So we're just celebrating that. We love baptism. And so come expectant next uh, Saturday and Sunday for that. Let's jump into Mark 1. We're going to start in verse 29 today, but my question first is, have you ever been to the mountains and had this experience? A couple years ago, I'm on, on, on vacation, and I wake up in the middle of the night, and I'm gasping for air, <gasps> and I, I get up, and I'm lightheaded, and I've got a piercing headache, and you know how it is in the middle of the night, you're disoriented, and you just say things and think things that are just totally out there, and what I get, I'm like, I got to leave the mountains, and I'm never leaving San Diego again. Like, I've got to just, I, I'm going to be a person that lives at sea level, and I'm never going to go on vacation. I can't take this, right? What I was experiencing was altitude sickness, and I don't know if you know what altitude sickness is. It's actually, did you know that there's still oxygen up in the mountains? I don't know if you know that for you that live down here in San Diego at sea level. There's actually oxygen in the mountains, but the difference is that the pressure changes up there. And so we have these, these selective permeable uh, cellular membranes on our our lungs. That was kind of impressive, wasn't it? And, uh, and, and because of the, the, the air pressure that at, at sea level is 14.7 pounds per square inch, that works really well with, with those cells for us to get oxygen in our lungs. But when you go higher in altitude, the pressure changes, and it makes it to where we struggle to get air. And so here's something you have to do. You actually have to rest. And another thing that happens is you can easily get dehydrated because the, the, the water vaporizes from your body quickly, and so you're always having to drink water, right? You have to stop and... Mm. 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 That you're jealous right now. You, you, have to, you have to rest to breathe in deeply, and you have to drink water, and soon you'll 
acclimate to the higher altitude. Let's look at Mark 1, 29. It says this, as soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on him. That evening after the sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you! The title of my sermon today is Breathe In and Breathe Out. Can you do that with me? Breathe in, breathe out. You know, you need to breathe to make it in life. You need oxygen to survive. And I love that old song that was so popular years ago. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me. For the Christian, the air we breathe is the presence of God. We need to get away and breathe in the presence of God. If we could bring out the whiteboard, I want to remind you last week of what we explained that the book of Mark is all about as Jesus comes onto the scene opposing two different kingdoms. There's actually three kingdoms, and Jesus comes and, and he opposes two different ones that we, we struggle because we're always trying to go into one of these. The first one is this. It's the, the kingdom of this world. We're all born into it. And the kingdom of this world has these desires. And so in the kingdom of this world, what we desire is money, or this could be possessions and things, sex, which is sex. And it's also desire for affection, the desire to, to look sexy, to have appearance. And the, and the last one is power. Now, then there's another kingdom that people often think, well, I'm leaving this kingdom and I'm going into to this one. And it's the kingdom of religion. And so in this one, people say, well, I want self-righteousness. I don't want to be like one of these bad people, and so I want to be good. So they think if I just do enough things, I can be righteous. Anyway, um, that's... <laughs> Some of you religious people are struggling that I didn't, didn't write that out in church. Uh, um, Self-righteousness, importance, and position. And so this was seen by the Pharisees and the religious leaders. It's what I do makes me right with God. What I do makes me important. And I want to be seen as the most important. I want to have this position where everyone looks at me and gives me praise. Now, I want you to see, because Jesus comes along and he actually presents something new. Mark 1.15, you remember Jesus came and he goes, the time has come. 
The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is near. It's the third kingdom. Kingdom of God. And you see, it's totally different because the kingdom of God is about faith, about hope, and about love. Now, here's the interesting thing. In the kingdom of this world, it's all about what I can get. I, I, I can get money. I can get sex. I can get power. And the interesting thing is the kingdom of religion is actually about getting as well. Well, I, I, I get self-righteousness by, by what I do. I, I get to be important. I get position. But, but watch what the kingdom of God is all about. It's totally different. Mark 1, 29 through 31. As soon as they left the synagogue, okay, that's a, a, a religious place. So, okay, they're leaving the religious place. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Okay, I bet you do this. I bet you go to people's homes. Like, that's what normal people do. So Jesus is leaving the religious place where you'd expect. He was teaching. He was teaching in the synagogue. And then he actually did a healing in the synagogue. Now he's just going, he's, he's leaving the religious place. Now he's just going into normal life. Watch what he does in normal life. He goes in their home. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever. And they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her. He took her hand. He helped her up. And the fever left her, and she began to wait on him. You see, in the kingdom of religion, spiritual things are relegated to certain places. But in the kingdom of God, the love, the presence, and the power of God goes wherever we go. Jesus took love. He took touch. He took help. He took healing everywhere he went. I love how different Jesus is. He, he, he showed us that all of these, that the kingdom of this world is all about getting, he showed us in the kingdom of God. It's about you stepping into situations to give. Let's watch this. Matthew 9 talks about how Jesus lived. It says Jesus went through all the towns and villages, and he's, he's teaching, and he's healing, and he's casting out demons. But then this verse in 936, it just, it rocked me. When I was a young person, this verse just rocked me because I realized this is not who I am. It says this, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. I don't know about you, but when I walked around, especially as a young person, it was just all about me. Like, what can I get? Have you ever noticed that? Like, really and truly, life's so about us. Like, we, we go into a restaurant and someone comes up to wait on our table and we're thinking, you better get me my food and you better get it fast and you better get it right. Right? Instead of us thinking, hey, this is a person who's helping me, we think about me, you know, or we, we think, what can I get from you? Or sometimes we think, you've got to get out of my way, right? You're walking down the sidewalk, someone's kind of like on the same line, and you're like, I hope they get out of my way because this is my line on the sidewalk, right? Or let's not even talk about driving on the highway, 
right? We just all lose our salvation, become demonized, and we're like, you get out of my way in Jesus' name, right? <laughs> Life's about me getting, I want, and, and so let me just make, make sure that you're not impressed with me at all. Let me just tell you how much I was in the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of religion. So when I was a kid, I had this friend, and we, we grew up forever, and we were such good friends so that when we got older and we get into school, what I did with my friend is I saw his girlfriend, and I thought, I want his girlfriend, so I stole my best friend's girlfriend. Ooh. <laughs> and if you don't think, well, that's enough, then, then you know what I actually did? I would, at school, I, I wasn't, I didn't like doing my homework, so I found a great way to make great grades without doing your homework. You just looked at someone else's paper. So I was really good at cheating. Like that, I was, I was good at it. And, and then I realized, you know, I want to be really popular. And one time I actually, I rigged a popularity contest. <laughs> this is your pastor? <laughs> I rigged a popularity contest. And I'm just telling some kind of fun things. I'm not going to tell you about how I, 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 I did things that took away people's purity just because I wanted to get, 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 and, and, Money, man, I I wore the flashiest clothes I could think of. I drove the shiniest, flashiest sports car just so people, I, I had bleached my hair blonde. I had a little headband, and I would stick my head out. Like, I'd lean out and have my bass music playing. I'd be like, what's up? And, why? Because I was trying to get the kingdom of this world. Now, on the flip side, though, this was, this was bad because then I had one foot here, but then I saw the kingdom of religion. I was like, oh, another place I can get from. So I showed up, and at church, I hid everything that I was doing in the kingdom of this world. So I was a good, I, I was asked to be a leader in my youth group. I would get up and speak. While I was doing this stuff, I would get up and speak because, you know why? Because I could look important, and I could have position. It was about getting Right, so so this is this is what we're doing, and and then as God started getting a hold of my heart, this verse just rocked me. Matthew nine thirty six. This is talking about Jesus when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And I just realized I am always walking around selfish. It's always about me. What can I get from people? But Jesus is different. When he sees people, it's not what I can get from them. He has compassion on them, which means to suffer with. That compound word means to suffer with compassion. And so Jesus would enter into, when he saw them, he had, his heart broke for them because he saw that they were harassed and helpless. And so I realized this is so far from who I am. So I did something dangerous that I dare you to do. I laid my hands on my heart and said, Lord, would you start breaking my heart for people? I dare you to do that right now. I dare some of you. Put your hand on your heart. Now don't do it if you don't want this. Just say this, God, break my heart. God, break my heart for people. And then I started praying this. I realized, you know, I don't care about lost people. I don't, actually, I don't actually care that people don't know Jesus. I don't actually care that people are headed to a Christless eternity. They're going to end up in hell. So I started praying this. God, would you break my heart for the lost? Would you just say that after me? God, break my heart for the lost. 
Now, you know, the Bible says if we ask anything in accordance with his will, we know that we have what we ask for. That is something in accordance with his will. So God started breaking my heart. I'll never forget the first time I walked into Super Walmart. I was just going to get some socks. And I walk, I walk into the middle of that massive store. And, and I start looking around, and I start seeing people. And it was like behind their faces, I could see the pain. I could see this one that didn't know where their next meal was going to come from. And I could see this one who was actually physically hurting. And I could see this husband and wife fighting. And I could see these parents and their kids. And, and, and I, could, I started feeling compassion in my heart. Like I started entering into their pain. This selfish and religious guy started feeling that. And I actually started having tears coming down my cheeks. Like it, God was changing me. When's the last time you walked into a crowd and you, and you actually saw people and you understood that they were harassed and they're helpless? I want to give you four quick points on how to live a compassionate life, how to how to have the heart of Jesus for people, how to live that way. Point number one, just write these down real quick. These will help you. This will actually change your life. Number one, see people. It said, when he saw the crowds. Can I tell you that we don't see people anymore? I mean, it's, it's funny how we intentionally look away from people. If you're walking in the mall or you're walking at, you know, in a store or you're walking down the sidewalk and someone, have you ever noticed this? If someone starts walking to you, you might see them from far away, but the second they get too close, it's like, you look down. You're like, don't look them in the eye. Don't do it. Ah. Like, we don't see people. I dare you to just start looking at people. Like, when someone's walking up, just look at them, smile. Now, don't, don't, then, you know, I mean, that will weird them out. But I'm just, what if we actually looked at people and smiled at people? I, I think that's what Jesus was doing. Do you actually see people? Can I just tell you that so many people are hurt in life because they feel like they were unseen? They feel like they were unseen in their home. They feel like they were unseen. They walk up to a group at school. This breaks my heart. They walk up to a group and the group doesn't acknowledge they're there. One of, one of our women who's now leading people to the Lord and she's actually heading overseas to, 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 to share the love of Jesus. She said, what changed my life is when I showed up at, at, at a church event and, and people actually said my name and they said, we're so glad you're here. She said that was the change. She couldn't believe that. It didn't, didn't happen at our church, but I'm so proud of that happening in a church. I want to be the church where people are seen. I, I want to be Christians who actually see people. Let's, let's, let's use the practice, the ministry of seeing people to ascribe worth to people. Number two, look at this. Listen to people. I'm amazed how Jesus would always, like, he listened to people. People could come to Jesus, and he would listen to them. That blows me away. Have you ever, have you ever tried talking to someone, and they're like, they just, I mean, you're talking, and you can tell they're not listening. What do you do? You don't want to talk anymore. You don't feel cared about. Then have you ever talked to a great listener? And they're like, oh, oh, wow. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, my gosh, this is the best day ever. Like, what if we were those, what if we were those people? I, I actually teach my children how to listen. I'll say, look someone in the eyes, and then let your face 
give a response that's appropriate to what someone's telling you. So if someone's sharing their heart, you know, man, this is such a hard week, you're not like, <laughs> or, <laughs> no, let, let, let compassion, let, let empathy come from you. I, I, I teach them, hey, be a verbal listener. Oh, oh okay. Oh, I'm so sorry. Wow. Oh, tell me more. You know, you know what I found as I've practiced this? It's like I have Superwoman's magic lasso. You know how like she'd lasso people and then they just start telling the truth? They're like, she's like, I, I've, I've, I've like become a human magic lasso. And so people just start sharing with me and not just in church, but like just out and about. Why? Because finally someone's listening to them. Like people just share their life story with me. Why? Because they finally feel like someone cares. I didn't care, but Jesus changed my life. And now I care. Don't just listen to them. Pray for people. Actually pray for people. I was at Kensington Cafe on, on, on Friday and our waiter walks up. It's me and Steph just having a little date lunch. And I asked him his name. You know, that, that's a way to ascribe worth to people. Is I asked them their name. They're a person. They're not just a waiter. They're not just working at the gas station. They're not just someone that's come to your house to drop off a, a, an Amazon box. Like, ask people their name. They're a human. And then I ask people, hey, I, I say, I love Jesus. How can I pray for you? This is the most simple question ever. You know, I've done that thousands of times for the last 22 years. You know, I've never been slapped once. Now, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. It could, it could happen. But thousands of times, never been slapped once. But can I tell you what this guy said? He goes, oh, wow, that's so kind. Wow, yeah, I guess uh, pray for this. And, and so we prayed for him. You know what he said at the end of lunch? He goes, man, I wish there were more people like you guys. You know, what if Christians started living to give instead of get? Right? That's what separates us from the world is we step in in the kingdom of God, in someone's home, in our business, in our school, with the mindset of I'm here to give. I'm here to breathe out. I'm here to, to meet your needs. I'm here like Jesus to, to touch that sick person. I'm here to help. What if we started living that way? So you do that. And people start getting touched. And people start getting changed. And their hearts start melting. And all of a sudden, you're giving out your life. And you're, you're ministering to people. And you're like, this is amazing. And then you know what happens? You get burned out. Right? Watch this. That evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick. Bummer. Listen to this. And demon-possessed. So it wasn't just like all the sick. I mean, like, I'm a germaphobe. Can you imagine, like, everyone <laughs> coming to your house? You're like, ah! And then all the demon-possessed. It's like, nah. <laughs> it's like a horror movie, you know? <laughs> and, I'm, you know, I would have been like, that's why I never, that's why I never deliver anyone, because now all the demon-possessed people are here. I knew I should have never delivered that person. I knew I should have touched that sick person. Everyone, everyone, all the flu and the, and the fungus and the, man. And we get burned out. 
I, I've, uh, I've had a couple of experiences, amazing, where, where the power of God starts coming. And one, one, one time in Peru, one time in Sri Lanka, where we were praying for people and like everyone was being healed. And when that happens, word starts getting out and the crowds start growing. And you're like, this is awesome. Game on. And then like after an hour, you're like, oh, I want to go home. I'm so tired. I want to get out of here. I want to go watch some Netflix, you know. And <laughs> so how do you survive that? Verse 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. You know, the only way that you're not going to get burned out is if you're constantly removing yourself and breathing in. You got to get off to that solitary place and get filled up. You got to get off to that solitary place and Mm. 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 You guys were making me dry. Mm. You got to you got to you got to get filled up. You see, you got to get you're going to another level, right? You're you're climbing that mountain and you're being used more and more and more and it's really exciting to get higher and higher on that mountain, but do you know the pressure changes? Do you know the higher the level, right, the more devils? New level, new devil. Right? And so you got to get away, and you got to get filled up, and you got to get strengthened, and you got to breathe in. I, can I just tell you, some of you, you know, you, you start getting in, and your, your life starts changing, and you start being used, and all of a sudden you find a new attack going on. You know, because the devil's going to attack more the people who are actually being used. And so, you know, I mean, just this week, I was, I was being attacked in my mind. And so, you know what I had to do? I had to get away, and I opened my Bible, and I'm like, Lord, I'm dealing with attack. And all of a sudden, boom, a verse kind of pops out to me. And I'm like, ooh, that's good. That's good. That's a fighting scripture right there. That's a, those are fighting words right there, Lord. Fighting words in a good way. Them are fighting words. And, I, and, and so I, I took it. I'm like, I'm going to put this on a note card and carry this around. Unfortunately, I didn't have any white note cards anymore, so I took one of Hallie's hot pink ones. And I, and I put a hot pink note card in my pocket that I just kept pulling out. I've got a hot pink note card with my fighting scriptures on it. You know, you need to get away and breathe in deep from the Word of God. You need to get away and, and, and you're feeling burnt out. Lord, I'm tired. I'm tired. Uh, I give and I just feel like I have to keep giving. And you got to get away and go, Lord, now I need to receive from you. I, 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 I walk for, for a long time just saying, Lord, you got to fill me up. And I just blast the worship music and I just worship. And Lord, I need your presence. Lord, I, I, I need you to come and I need you to renew me so I can then go back and breathe out on others. You need to breathe in every day. That's why Jesus, Jesus went away. Jesus left. Okay, and, and, and think about this. This is, this is funny. So it says Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone's looking for you. Like, that's what you want in ministry. Like, you just had a win. Jesus, you heal one person, and the whole town came, and everyone's looking for you. So I was like, Jesus, your Instagram account is blowing up. 
And, and then watch what Jesus says. Jesus says, well, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. He's like, well, I'm ending that Instagram account. They're like, no, Jesus, you just got like 10,000 followers. He said, I have Instagram accounts to start that you know not of. <laughs> and so I'm closing this one. No, Jesus, like, don't you understand how to build conference Christianity? Like, everyone's coming, don't leave. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when you get a win, you stay in that place, right? And you're like, woo, yeah, what's up? You know, taking more pictures. And he's like, no, I'm cutting it off, ending it. I'm going to somewhere else. Where no, but no one knows you there. Why? Because his ways are different than our ways. Because he got off to that lonely spot and he said, my joy, my peace, my fulfillment is to meet with Jesus to meet with God, is to meet with myself. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> it's to meet with my father. And I get filled up, and then he speaks to me. And I do whatever he says, because that's actually my joy. That's what I'm here for. So watch this. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant, and he reached out his hand and touched the man. Now, I think about Dirty Jobs, that TV show. Anybody seen that TV show with Mike Rowe? It was on a while back. And, and we'd watch it because we're like, who wants to be hanging out in a septic tank cleaning it? I mean, that's why we watched it, because we're like, that is gross. No one wants to do that. Who wants to do that? Can I just tell you that hanging out with lepers was a dirty job? It was like worse than the septic tank. Why? Because they would have these gaping wounds that would start, it was putrid, it was smelly, the, the, the scent uh, emitted from them, and, and they would start losing their fingers. They would start decaying, and they would catch on fire, get hurt, cut, and, and so they'd have no fingers, no noses. And they'd actually have to cover themselves and yell unclean because it was so contagious. And so Jesus walks up to a person like this, like walks right up to the smelly, infested, like gross person, not you, <laughs> but, but lays his hands on that disease. Now, I was in Nepal and our team leader said, today we have the chance to go to a leper colony. So you know what I did? I was like, I'm going to be on the prayer team today. I'm going to stay back. I'm going to pray for you guys. Gonna... But why, why would Jesus do this? You know, it's because when you've been in that secret place with God, you get so filled up that you are filled with compassion and Christ's love compels you that I find that the believers that are actually meet with God, they run to the hard places. They run to the things that no one else wants because they're so captured by love. And they don't have fear because his perfect love dispels all fear. If you're really dealing with fear, my question is, how much are you actually getting with God? Because his love dispels fear. 
I find that many times the people that are willing to do the bravest things, they're not the toughest people. They're not the strongest people. They're the most in love people. They'll run and risk everything because they are so filled with the love of Jesus. And so he touches the leper. We need more believers who touch people in the midst of their grossness, in the midst of their pain, in the midst of their misery, that they walk around and they touch people. And that's not all that happens. Then it says he healed him. So this is the kind of person I was. Just this, this worldly, it was about me, it was selfish, it was, I was in gross sin, and then I tried to hide it with, with this religion. But can I tell you, when I started drawing away to get with Jesus, he started filling me, but he didn't just fill me with his love, he also filled me with his power. And so I would start experiencing his power, and you know what one of the consequences of that, one of the byproducts of that, is I started laying hands on the sick, and they all, they, they all of a sudden started getting healed. Like the, the same miracles that were in the Bible, I started to see, and it's not just me, there's numerous people in this church that see healings and miracles. But you know the thing that those people have in common? They are people who get away with God. The public power comes from private intimacy with Jesus. Like, that's what I see. The, the, the public power where they can actually touch someone and the power of God comes, it comes through people who have met with and learned to experience and receive his power in the solitary and the secret place. You got to get away and breathe in. So you can go into the places of pain in this world, the places of problems, the places where people's hearts are aching, the places where things are broken and Breathe out. Be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. So watch this. This is just, this is just we're going to finish with this scripture. This is another way that Jesus just blows me away. So Jesus sent him away at once with this strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone. Okay, Jesus, you're so much not like us because every time something good happens, like I get a win like that, someone's cleansed from leprosy, I'm like, come here, leper, let's take a selfie. <laughs> right? Like when's the last time something good happened that you didn't post? I'm, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm talking to our generation here, right? Like Jesus like, he doesn't say, hey, leper, let's take a, let's, 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 let's blow this up. Let's show everyone why. Because he didn't need to, to feel good about himself. Because he wasn't trying to be important. Because he, he wasn't trying to, to get this position. Instead, he sends him away and says, tell no one. So just go to the priest. You know, get ceremonially, ceremonially clean so you can get back into normal life. But don't tell anyone why. Because Jesus knows that, that, that the prominence and popularity might draw a crowd, but that humility and love will transform an individual's heart. Like prominence and popularity, it'll draw a crowd. It'll draw a big following. But Jesus knew that, you know what that following wants to do? In the kingdom of the world, they just want to make you king. And it's really hard to have a really close relationship with a king 
and to know his heart. Because we're blinded by the power and the prestige and the prominence. And also that the kingdom of religion, well, they wanted to make him that, that priest, right? But, but it's hard to, to, to actually draw near and be best friends. And so Jesus said, tell no one. Because I want to be able to walk up and meet people and them experience my heart. I don't want them to be blinded by my popularity and power and prestige. I want people to be able to experience my love and humility because that's what transforms people. So believer today, Jesus is calling us out of the kingdom of the world, out of the kingdom of religion, to sometimes walk away right when things are getting good. To, to, to pull away and to be with him because he is our reward. And he's the one who's going to fill me. And then when I breathe in, I can breathe out the life of God on my family. I can breathe out the life of God in my workplace. Breathe out the life of God in my school. Breathe out the life of God as I'm going. I can meet the needs of people. I can touch people. I can change people. I can transform people because I'm full of God. Why don't we stand up?